It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked Washington football team with the Locked On Washington football team podcast. I'm Dave Harrison, writer for SI.com's Fan Nation. My co-host Chris Russell is off for today's episode, but he is one half of the Russell and Medhurst show on the Team 980 Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern and on the Odyssey app. We thank you, of course, for making the Locked On Washington football team podcast your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms and on Twitter. You can find Chris at WrestleMania621. I am at Harrison 82 and the show is at LockedWFT Pod. This episode is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Thank you again, guys, for making the Locked on Washington football team podcast your first listen every episode. We're going to go voicemail heavy here in the bye week. We're going to have a discussion. It's a little bit of Washington football team fans calling in a little bit of me responding we do have a lp out in new jersey specifically asking chris a question lp we're going to save that for next week so that chris can be on to answer that question for you but first before we get to those voicemails we got to talk about montez sweat defensive end of course for your washington football team guys if you had montez sweats a non-displaced jaw fracture this according to ian rapaport the nfl network uh, against the denver broncos last weekend in that loss the injury is going to require Montez Sweat to not have any physical contact for at least a month. And that's a huge part of this because if he can't have physical contact, can't practice for at least a month, that means he's going to probably need some time to get back in the groove of things. Once he can have contact, physical contact, test out that jaw, make sure that it's stable, make sure it's actually healed. So you're looking at more than a month probably without Montez Sweat. And given what's going on with the team at that point, they honestly may decide to shut him down. That's, of course, speculation. We'll get into more on that. Chris and I will, of course, talk about that. And we're going to hit on his since over and over again during the month because obviously it's going to have a huge on what the Washington football team defense is capable of doing just as they were getting kind of better and better and better over the last few weeks, hoping to get even better coming out of the bye week facing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. A huge blow, a huge loss for that defense. Alter his diet, according to the report. And that's big because you're probably talking lost weight. You're talking lost muscle mass. And that, of course, is going to have an impact on how well Sweat can play when he does return. Again, Chris and I will go deeper on that early next week as we come back to a full five-day schedule. Of course, whittled down to three episodes this week because of the bye. We've gotten some voicemails from you guys. So we want to make sure that we get those in. So that's what we're going to do here in today's episode. You guys are going to have a conversation with me, and we're going to try to see if we can solve some problems, answer some questions surrounding the football team. So we'll get down to the voice. David, Chris, this is Big Mac from South Carolina again. Man, I tell you, this game was a a bad one. Uh, The one thing that I can say about it, watching the whole game, I never saw where the team actually had heart. I I don't think they wanted to win that game. Uh, I think that starts from the top, and maybe they might, might need a coaching change. That's my takeaway. Thanks. All right, Big Mac, appreciate the phone call as always. As far as the team having heart or playing, 
or, or not, not quitting. That's, that's a really sad thing to have to kind of hang your hat on is, are you a team that puts in full effort, even when you're losing games, even when you're going through the kind of skid and stretch that the Washington football team is? But I'll tell you, from what I saw, from what I observed, it looked to me every coach on the sideline and in the booth, they're, it's not working out very well. They're not getting wins. And of course, everybody is frustrated. And yeah, you're going to have times and moments where those emotions kind of come out. You might see the shoulders slump a little, a little bit or something like that. But I think that to a man, everybody's out there. And really, you kind of look at Landon Collins, a guy who is out there playing out of position, not playing in a position or doing things for this team that he really wants to be doing. He's made that clear uh, himself. He made it clear during the preseason and the that we kind of participated in on whether or not he would be moving positions that he didn't want to do it. But he's still out there trying to make plays for his team. So I don't think effort is really the problem. What you might be seeing, uh, in my opinion, is as much as you don't want that to kind of be the moniker for your team, you don't want to be talking about, well, at least the team doesn't quit. That's not what you're like. Because I will tell you, and then all my years of covering football, I actually have teams that, and, and, and they're NF, that lost that heart, that will uh, to fight and to, com- to continue competing. And it's a very sad thing to see that happens. And I don't see that yet from this Washington football team. We've got plenty of season to go. So I can't guarantee you that we won't start to see it. But as of right now, I don't see it. So hopefully, hopefully, Big Mac, hopefully they prove me right. And against Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming out of the bye week, you see a little bit more maybe effort or looking for as far as uh, heart goes for this team. And then as far as the coaching staff change, I think it's a conversation, guys, that we're going to keep having. I think it's you know the, the future of the coordinators. And actually, that bleeds into the future of Ron Rivera. I think it's going to continue coming up. But we have another discussion coming up in a future voice. I'm going to kind of earmark that a little bit, put a pin in that, as I like to say, and we're going to kind of come back to why Ron Rivera uh, brings so much to this franchise and why he's the right man for the job right now. And that's going to kind of go into what we're talking about here. I don't think there's a coaching change coming on the horizon. Again, a lot of season left to go. Uh, hopefully it gets better. It could actually even get a lot to, uh, to witness that. But as of right now, week eight, week nine, going into the bye week, uh, I don't think it's time for a coaching change, even from a coordinator standpoint. I think there is time to adjust some coaching approaches and some things that the coaches are doing, whether it comes to scheming or play calling, stuff like that. I do agree that some change need to happen. And as far as actually replacing the individual coach with another one, I don't think that we're there yet. Speaking of going places, guys, during this bye week, both Chris and I are taking advantage of a little bit of a, of a lull in our schedule, taking trips with our families to see other members of our families. And if you guys have been listening to the show, you know that our sponsor, McDonald's, have been proudly serving the community since 1965. More than just a place to get to day when you have eight hours of driving ahead of you like I have. And this morning, as I record this on Thursday for you guys to listen to on Friday, I got the McRork. If you don't know, it's a sausage, egg and cheese, McMuffin. And you take that hash brown, you slide it right in the middle of that bad boy. And you've got yourself a McRork named after the host of the Lots on Broncos podcast, Cody Rourke, who invented it, at least within the NFL channel of the Locked On Podcast Network. Maybe somebody out there knows uh, someone who's already come up with that concoction, or maybe you've done it yourself. If you haven't tried it already, go out there and get yourself some. Head your local McDonald's, refuel, reconnect. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. TurboTax experts make your moves count. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast. And this Locked On podcast is brought to you by TurboTax. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts will make sure that they count for you. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? Well, that's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That is a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? That quite literally would be a move or maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house 
or you switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or maybe you just rode the stock market to the moon and back. Any of those things that you did or any other moves that you made, TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and every deduction you deserve, filing with 100% accuracy and getting you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax today. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guaranteed details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Now we're segment two here on Washington football team podcast. Wrapping up the week this bye week. Again, abbreviated schedule three episodes this week. You got Chris by himself for one. You had us both for one. Now you got me right here with one, but I'm having a conversation with you, the fans, the listeners who have called in. Let's hit the voicemail line once again. Hi, my name is Brian. I'm out of Gettysburg. A couple of weeks ago, I tried to put a message on, but uh, just got a little question. Just wondering if there was something we could have done a little bit better in the offseason. You know, getting these guys more prepared uh, for these games. Um, you know, obviously, no one anticipated Fitzpatrick getting hurt in the first game and us relying on Tyler Haneke to get us through. A lot on that guy's shoulders. No doubt the man's playing with a lot of heart. But at the end of the day, I don't think Tyler Haneke's a starting quarterback. He is a really good second-string quarterback, and he's trying to perform in a first-string situation. This offense is obviously designed, and Ron Rivera was looking forward to having Ryan Fitzpatrick out there. I think that that right now, given the quarterback situations and the guys that are available out there, uh, I've heard some names like Deshaun Watson, which that's never going to happen. Some other names out there, Galapolo, people thinking that maybe uh, there's some quarterbacks that are on the seat right now watching games that maybe we can pick them up. And I, I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is that guy right now. Unfortunately, he's injured. Maybe he can get back in this season, you know, with his injury, his age. Maybe he can. Maybe we're looking at next season. Hard to say. But I just wonder, you know, we didn't get Tyler Haneke any tries or practice this offseason with the first squad. And this guy is coming out there, you know, he's doing exactly what the coach is asking him to do. I mean, and, you know, I just, I just wonder, you know, and I trust Ron Rivera, uh, given the front office, I'm not really sure if we didn't have Ron Rivera, if we would even have a premium coach. Because, honestly, I don't even know who'd want a coach for the Washington team with the front office that's in there. So, we to be having Ron Rivera as a coach, I mean, this is a good thing. We need to ride this guy out, you know, obviously. Maybe some things need to be changed in the offseason. Maybe some things need to be changed sooner. But, you know... Unfortunately, I think that the, the whole team from the front office needs some healing, needs some things fixed, needs some stability, needs, you know, to address some issues uh, in the secondary, definitely in the secondary. I mean, that our secondary has been a joke since the, since the days of Sean Springs, Fred Smoot, all right, Brian, we appreciate the phone call as always. And and going back to the offseason, the pre preseason, hindsight's always gonna be 2020. So you gotta be you always have to be a little fair 
uh, when you have these types of conversations of what could have been done better because there's a lot of things like, you know, during the preseason offseason, there was hopeful that Curtis Samuel was going to be able to get healthy enough to be a contributing part of this roster. So a lot of some of the decisions were made based off of that. Going back into the offseason preseason was expected to be a lot more effective than it has been. So you kind of put some stock into that. So the first thing I'll say is going back to like August, right? When when Ron Rivera and the coaching staff decided to play the starters a little bit less, play the key role players a little bit less, and basically prevent injuries, the saying, uh, prioritizing pre- preservation over preparation. And to be fair with that, even if you're playing in the preseason, teams are showing maybe 10% of their playbook. They're not going out there really executing schemes as much as they are getting guys into football shape, doing some conditioning type deals. And then for your younger guys, your unproving guys, they're just looking for kind of raw attributes, ability for a wide receiver to get off the line that maybe you haven't seen a whole lot of, or a guy, uh, you know, a defensive back to be able to stay in phase and and, and play against a wide receiver uh, in the open field or a linebacker to make a tackle, things like that. Right. So going back to August, I didn't have a problem necessarily with the way that Ron Rivera handled things because I preferred to see the starting roster and the starting lineup and especially a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick out there getting more in tune with his players, you know, facing live bulls, facing live defenders. I also understood that really at the end of the day, you're only going to be getting used to about 10% of the playbook gain an advantage as far as the tactical advantage you get from, from going through those repetitions and much, much higher because you, you risk getting injured. Now, Again, hindsight being 2020, right? Ryan Fitzpatrick ends up getting hurt on the second drive of the series. And now here we are halfway or of the season, rather. And here we are halfway through the year and we haven't seen him. So if he gets hurt in the preseason, what's the loss? Well, the loss really isn't anything you haven't already lost. What's the gain? Well, the gain is that Taylor Heineke starts getting reps with the starters in the preseason and he's more equipped to take over and comes in. But again, there's no way to predict that coming into the year. You know what I mean? So again, going back to August, I agreed with the way Ron did it just because you're not going out there and executing your entire offense. You're not going out there and doing all of the things you're going to try to do in the regular season anyway. And the potential risk is much higher compared to what you're going to gain from running your starters out there a bunch. So if that kind of answers that question now, could you potentially get more, more burn out of some of those role players? Like could they have gone through and made Taylor Heineke play maybe more than he did? So Kyle, Kyle Allen and Steven Montez go out there and play every rep of of the third game Taylor Heineke doesn't go out there doesn't go out there could you make the argument back then that Taylor Heineke should have got more reps yeah you could but I'm not gonna lie in the moment I really wasn't concerned about it. I really wasn't saying man I really think they should get Taylor Heineke some reps here um so it would be unfair of me I think to sit here and say that they should have done that in hindsight because anxiety being 2020 is always gonna be a thing and that's the kind of thing I mean you could potentially an adjustment next season like I don't know if it's gonna be Ryan Fitzpatrick or if it's gonna be another uh veteran quarterback off the streets maybe it'll be a trade you could potentially see this team go out there and whoever the backup quarterback, whether it be Taylor or rookie or, or somebody else, you might notice that Sheeran Rivera didn't really play quarterback number two a whole lot in the season. And now this preseason quarterback number two is getting a lot of reps. And that would be a sign that basically the shift has kind of happened uh, in, in that thinking because of what happened this season. So that I think you could see, uh, I would probably make the case that you probably should see a little bit of quarterback two getting some reps as much as possible while it's possible because again during the regular season court is the one taking the majority of the reps qb2 is not getting a, a lot of opportunities so you want them to be as ready as possible if the situation uh were to come up and then going into the coaching situation right and that's why uh big mac on on your part of the coaching conversation look being a coach in, in this in this franchise and again we have another call that's even going to go into this a little bit deeper 
it is so much more than just X's and O's and so much more than just on-field performance. Think about it. Like when the trainer gets arrested or not, who's fielding the questions? It's Ron Rivera. Uh, when Dan Snyder has a scandal go off, who's fielding the questions? It's Ron Rivera. When the organization botches the Sean Taylor jersey retirement, who fields the questions? It's Ron Rivera, right? And yeah, Jason Wright puts himself out there every once in a while, you know, stuff like that. And I know that, uh, that, you know, Mr. Snyder and Ms. Snyder kind of put themselves out there every once in a while. But every single week, like, you know, three to five times a week, minimum, Ron Rivera, whether it be in an organized press conference, his radio show, his team show, he is going to field questions about anything and everything on this team. I could not imagine. Like you you put a who, who, you know, head coach the Denver Broncos for a minute, and then he kind of flaked out of that Indianapolis Colts job. You don't want a guy like Josh McDaniels. Imagine putting Adam Gase, guys, in this situation and putting him in front of the cameras, in front of the Zoom camera, in front of the media with all this stuff going on. Like being the head of this team is a lot more than just X's and O's and what's the quarterback doing and how can we get the pass rush fixed, like much more. And, and I don't know in the National Football League would be uh, completely equipped for it. Like I think I think it would be uh, illogical or unfair to expect any coach coming into the situation so you can't look at a new coach right like even if you fire a guy like coach Rivera you're not going to bring in a first-year guy you bring in a head coach to this situation to this team that has never been an NFL head coach before you might as well just start stocking draft picks because you're going to fail because that coach is going to be so lost in the weeds with everything going on around this ranch you're never going to get anything done so you got to bring in a veteran well what veteran head coach out there do you want to bring in that's going to add value to the situation. You're going to bring in John Gruden. You're going to bring in Jay Gruden. I don't think you're going to bring in any of those guys. You're going to bring in a guy that's going to get fired here uh, shortly, Matt Nagy out of the Chicago Bears. Like If he's fired, you're going to bring him in. No, you're not going to do that. So, again, I think you have the right coach in this situation, this scenario, a veteran guy like Ron Rivera who knows how to kind of compartmentalize everything, how to deal with it from, from the public as the public face of the franchise. So I think because of those layers, you definitely have, uh, the right coach in the right position. And again, we're again during the course of this conversation, during the course of this episode. So Brian, thank you for that conversation. Thank you for that question. Let's hear from another Washington football team. The hair in the rooster. Hey, this is Walt from Tampa. Hey guys, I, I know I reached out to you a couple games ago. Well, Hey, I'm back. Um, I'm just so frustrated, man. I'm just super frustrated. We got a quarterback that one game dives too short to the, end zone and the next game he throws the ball out of the end zone on a Hail Mary. What can I say? Guys, look, man, as long as we have Dan Snyder, let me tell you, Dan Snyder has stolen from my family. We're four generations of Redskins fans. Yes, Washington football team fans now. My dad passed away in February. He gave up on the team last year. He said, until there's a new owner, he says, I'm just an NFL fan. My son's 30 years old in Atlanta. He has said basically the same thing as long, and he has, he has our logo tattooed on his arm. My grandson, he'll be with Washington as long as Chase is there because he's grown up with uh, looking up to Chase like a, a big cousin. They're friends of the family. And me, I am just, man, look, it's hard for me to break away from the team because of guys like you. You know, I've gotten addicted to listening to you, and I come on, and it's like you're part of the family. I listen to you every day, but, man, I'm just so fed up, man. Uh, but anyway, look, in defense of Ron, though, 
let me ask you something. When you were hired there, if they had told you, hey, look, uh, Harrison, we want you to uh, be our host. But once you get there, they say, well, we also want you to do some technical work. When the equipment breaks down, we want you to work on the equipment. And we also want you to be the janitor. You know, before you leave, we need for you to clean the whole place up. Oh, and, hey, look, we just got a lawsuit going. We want you to spearhead this thing. We want you to take the lead on this lawsuit and make us look better. And uh, along with that, there's, we don't have a name. We want you to kind of come up with the name for us, too. Do you think it would take away a little bit from what you're really good at, and that's being a host? And I think Ron just has a whole lot on his plate right now. Uh, we're absolute mess. Uh, my vote would be, man, let's just start all over, tear the whole thing down, um, keep a couple pieces. Uh, and honestly, hey, I love Chase, but I, I, I don't know if he would be one. Terry would definitely be one. But other than that, hey, let's start from scratch, man. New name, new everything. And, uh, Man, as long as you guys are on the air, I'm going to be a part of this team. But, man, it's uh, I can't watch anymore. All right, well, appreciate the phone. And first and foremost, I want to pass on my condolences. I'm sure that Chris agrees to your family uh, for for the passing of your father back in February. Genuinely wish that, you know, obviously, you know, he could he could have witnessed some better days for his favorite franchise. And for generations of fans, I mean, that's huge. And that's something that, I, I mean, honestly, do NFL franchises – uh, appreciate the generations of fans that are that have kind of a familial link to their team to their brand. I don't know that enough of them do. I don't know that they all do. You know what I mean? But hopefully, at least somewhere in in the organization, someone does out there being an advocate to the fans and especially the people who have been, uh, like you said, four generations of fans within one family. Uh, hopefully, those guys are out there, you know, fighting the good fight, trying to get you guys more, you know, more more of a of a better product. And I know the coaches are all dedicated to to trying to do that the best they can. Uh, as well. So, and, and you hit on a, a really great point and all the things that Ron Rivera has to do, right? And again, Ron knew that. Like when he took the job, Ron Rivera was was aware of at least kind of the environment, right, that he was inheriting and and something that Washington has done that I that I think is very smart, which a lot of people, a lot of teams don't actually do is is hire a president, right? And that is Jason Horse. Uh, there are a lot of teams that don't have a president for the, for their team. And, and in, in a lot of ways, the president's just to kind of take some of that off the plate. And, and you, we've talked about the front office structure, and a lot of times a lot of that is meant to take some of that off the head coach's plate as well. Um, but it doesn't matter what franchise you're in. doesn't matter you know, if you're the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, Green Bay Packers, Washington football team, expansion teams. If you're the head coach, you are literally going to answer at least to the public for everything. And that is just part of the job. And, and, you know, I've had conversations with people before about defensive coordinators like Todd Bowles. You look at a guy like Jack Del Rio. I mean, these are coaches before, and and I think every coach in them has some aspirations to becoming a head coach, kind of reaching the peak of their, their career mountains, you know, as it were, but being a head coach is so much more again than, than X's and O's and just training, you know, defensive players to do defense, offensive players to do offense. And, you know, Ron has, has gotten some questions about, you know, as a head coach, how involved is he in the scheme, in the scheming, the game planning, the coaching up of a guy like Taylor Heineke. And Ron basically said, you know, he's, he's there, he's aware of it. He deserves it. He talks to the coaches, but uh, with uh, just demonstrated all the things that a head coach has to manage. And then you, take into consideration all the things the head coach has to manage with this franchise. That is, those are the kind of make this job kind of into, into a mountain's ability. And I don't know that you can really, 
give that away. Like I suppose Jason Wright could, you know, put himself on, on the podium every Monday, uh, the way that Ron Rivera does to answer some of those questions. But I think Ron is still going to get asked those questions. And I don't think it would go over well uh, in the media surface and, and in the public eye if, you know, Ron were get asked questions, you know, for example, uh, you know, the botching of retirement. He says, that's not my lane. I don't deal with that. Move on. Because then it, it kind of comes off like maybe he doesn't care. And he obviously does uh, kind of care about this. Stuff. So, I mean, it's just it's just a tricky thing. And I often wonder sometimes if maybe some of these, you look at a guy like Monty Kiffin, one of the greatest defensive minds in football league, maybe he had it right just going through his career as a defensive coordinator. Let let other people go up to the podium and the spotlight and, and get their big name recognition. And I'll just sit back here and be a defensive genius. Uh, you look at Todd Bowles right now. They're in Tampa. He's in the NFL right now if not the best uh, defensive coach, he's going to get a lot of head coach attention this this next offseason. Does he want to go back to being that part of an organization, or is he happy just being a Super Bowl-winning defensive and getting to to do that part of the job? I don't know. I can't answer that for him. But I like how you're illustrating all the things because, yeah, it, it does make it harder to focus on the X's and O's and the product on the field. But I think just the way the NFL is, is kind of built right now and the way the media and fans are going to expect the head coach to represent the team, I don't know if there is an immediate answer to really fix it and allow Ron to just focus on football, which I think obviously would be a lot better for the on-field product. I just don't know how we get around to that point. But there is a problem that some people may have that I do have an answer for. If you love sweet things, treats, candy bars, but you don't like all the bad stuff, all the sugar, all the calories that come with it, we have a solution for you for about built bars you all know thanksgiving is coming up i love thanksgiving it's my favorite holiday because i'm a fat guy and i love all the food and the treats and i love having plenty of them my wife kills the thanksgiving spread every year maybe you want a yummy dessert that isn't full of calories and sugar if you do it's perfect time for built bars because built bar is your new holiday feast on something delicious and feel good about it one slice of pie has up to 300 calories and that's the low end of pies. Most built bars only have 130 calories with just four grams of sugar and plenty of protein. Replace the coconut cream pie with a coconut built bar or go for a raspberry built bar instead of that raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie on the table. Low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein, covered in 100% real chocolate. Built bar is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a built bar or even two. Share some of your family gatherings. It'll make it less awkward. Maybe Aunt Betty hasn't tried your favorite Built Bar yet. Turn her on to that. New surprises all month. Limited flavors arriving at Built.com regularly. So make sure you check the site often. There's nothing like Built Bar Black Friday. So mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises coming down the pipe. Go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off of your next order. Code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. And while you're chewing on that built bar, if you need something to interest you in the sports world, head over to betonline.ag with a whole new interface welcoming in the basketball season. More props, more odds, more lines ever before. BetOnline is your number one spot for all your basketball and, of course, your football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website, sign up today, and get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. Again, that's promo code locked on when you make your first deposit to receive your 50%. Whether you're looking for basketball, football, hockey, action, boxing, UFC, or your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. 
All right, guys, one last segment here at the Live on Washington Football Team Podcast for the week. David Harrison on Twitter at dharrison82. My co-host, Chris Russell, at russellmania 621 Off for today's episode, find the show at LockWFT Pod. One more voicemail to get to, so let's... Yes. Hello, guys. This is Antoine Tony. Antoine Tony Talks. Uh, I wanted to give y'all a tip, and probably would it be a good move for W. FT, Tyler Hudley, great backup, backup quarterback with the Ravens. I live in Baltimore. The guy has skills, very talented. He is like Russell Wilson and a mixture of Josh Allen thrown in. He's very good, great moves, good instincts. Looks to be a diamond in the rough, but just because he's backed backing Lamar Jackson, he may not get any playing time ever. So it wouldn't take much to get him since he is a backup and you wouldn't have to leave or, um, or well, not leave, but give up much for him. I think it would be a good opportunity for Washington, who is looking for a quarterback which to build on. Check it out. He's not bad. He's a, He's got great uh, instincts. He's mobile. He's big. He's, he's fast. So I think it would be a great opportunity, and you wouldn't have to give up much. You don't have to give up much, and that's the great thing about it. And since our season is in the tanks, it would be a good notion or a good uh, thing if they would just check it out. He's better than Tyler Heineke, bigger, and has a stronger arm, very strong arm. Thanks, guys. Y'all have a great day. Stay safe. All right, Antoine, appreciate the call. I appreciate the tip. And, and yeah, for, for those who don't remember Tyler Huntley, go back to the Washington football team's third preseason game uh, of this season, and you'll remember Tyler Huntley pretty quick. 24 for 33 for 285 yards and four touchdowns, a 100.3 quarterback rating, six carries for 14 yards, and a touchdown as well. Again, in the preseason finale, it's preseason, you know what I mean? But he obviously showed a lot of electricity, a lot of excitement. And, and yeah, look, the arm didn't look bad, guys. And, and I'm not going to go on the record saying right now that I think Tyler Huntley could be better as a starting quarterback in the NFL uh, compared to a guy like Taylor Heineke because the the truth of the matter is once the games count playing starting opposing defense it can be a little bit different and i mean just for example you know tyler did get some action in in the baltimore ravens loss against cincinnati Bengals. he went five for 11 uh, on the day for 39 yards you know no touchdowns no interceptions didn't get sacked but he left with a 54.7 qbr and then in week six against the los angeles charger he came in he got three carries for 10 yards not a lot to look at there uh for his career those are the only stats for his nfl career this is his second year in the National Football League or, or playing in for 16, so he's 50% in his career, 54 total yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, going for three first downs. Uh, and, and look, he is bigger. He's 6'1". Taylor Heineke, I believe, is, is officially listed at six feet. I'm not sure I believe uh, that he's even six feet tall. Uh, Washington football team actually has him listed at six foot one. 
I'm not sure uh, I'm buying that that six foot one, but you know Tyler Huntley also listed at sixty. So similar build, similar size, on on similar style as well. Uh, Taylor Heineke obviously has more experience, especially now. So you know it's interesting. The trade deadline has has come and gone. So unless Baltimore releases Tyler Huntley, he'll have to go through waivers. They would have to claim him. I don't think that's probably going to happen. Never say never, but you know if it were to happen and Washington were to pick him up, I wouldn't be mad about it. You know I, I don't know if he would. The second coming of great quarterback in in Washington, but but it weren't wouldn't hurt the team to like there is something there. And and again, after the season, maybe the Baltimore Ravens decide to move on with their backup quarterback situation becomes available, and maybe they bring him in for a cup of coffee, as they like to say. Again, wouldn't be against it. Only seen him personally, season, haven't seen a lot out of him uh, other than that. But he looked very very good against the uh, the Washington football team's backup defense in that preseason finale. Uh, so, so can't hate on him there and definitely a very electric type of player to watch play. So Antoine, appreciate the tip, appreciate turning this crowd and this myself and Chris onto that player. We'll see. We'll see if it, it's something that can happen further down the line, uh, going into the next off season and even preseason. So I want to thank big Mac, Brian Walt and Antoine for calling in, for dropping your thoughts and asking your questions for today's episode. Again, this voicemail roundup along with the news that Montez sweat has suffered a jaw injury. And we'll miss what looks like a month or more of football uh, in 21 NFL season. Want to thank you all again for making the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast your first listen of the day. For your second listen, check out the Peacock and Williams show. If you've got questions, send those into LockedOnFTPod at gmail.com or call in and be a part of the show at 301-615-3577. That's going to do it for today. Washington Football Team fans, thanks again for joining us free and available on all platforms. I'm David Harris, and writer for SI.com's Russell, my co-host, not on the, but you can find him usually here and on the Russell Metter show, the Team 980 with Pete Metter. We will be back. If you're out and about, please be kind to one another. And thank you for joining me right here on the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.